Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul White. It's the 19th day of December. Thanks for joining me. It's a Sunday, and I hope and pray that wherever you assemble with the believers together, you are blessed. You see Christ in them. You see them as a reflection of Jesus, uh, and that you are at peace in this journey, even if the world around you is not at peace. We have our monthly gathering with our friends in Flowery Branch, Georgia. We have some who drive in from other places to be with us from time to time. It's always a fun afternoon. We'll begin at four o'clock this afternoon with our monthly meeting. We are not in a series, and so it's exciting to me to just get to share a word that's fresh on my heart And of course, we will record that, air it for you. But if you're ever in the North Georgia area, uh, reach out to us. We would love to meet you, and we'd love to have you come sit in on one of the little grace gatherings that we do. We also partake at the Lord's table, share the covenant meal, and just have a spectacular time with one another uh, in the presence of the Lord. Today, I want to turn into the 17th chapter of Genesis. There's really one moment in that first verse that I want to bring out today with a couple of thoughts that go, that I think take us in a couple different directions. First of all, the scripture tells us at the beginning of Genesis 17 that Abraham was 99 years old when the Lord appeared to him. This is done, I want you to remember that there are no chapter breaks in the original. There's no chapter such and so, 16, chapter 17, there's no verse 1, verse 2. It's just this long narrative. And if you break the, take the chapter breaks away and just let the beginning of 17 flow right out of the end of 16, here's what you would notice, is that, the, is that Hagar bore Ishmael's son, or bore Abram's son Ishmael when Abram was 86 years old, And then the next verse, what we call chapter 17, verse 1, and Abram was 99 when the Lord appeared to him. There is a deliberate 13-year gap between the end of the 16th chapter and the beginning of the 17th chapter. I say deliberate because they don't have to tell you how old Abram is in either of those verses. But by telling you how old he is, it's showing you that there is a gap of silence between the 16th and 17th chapter, where we do not see Abram having any encounters with God. Now, we can assume that he did, but whatever he encountered with God between the birth of Ishmael and the renewal of the covenant in the beginning of the 17th chapter was kept silent and was not of importance to Abram's understanding of covenant because what chapter 17 is going to do is reintroduce the covenant and put a little caveat on it. And it will have to do with circumcision. We're going to get into that this this week as we start to explore the, the, the thought process behind um, Ishmael, the thought process behind circumcision. And as you can probably imagine, we're going to take a left turn into the to the Galatians again. Because no one does a better job in the New Testament of expounding on the Hagar-Sarah relationship than does the Apostle Paul. And no one does a better job at teaching circumcision and what it meant under the Old Covenant 
and what it means under the new covenant than does the Apostle Paul. So just as we did when we dealt with Abraham's seed from Galatians and we dealt with Abraham's journey from Hebrews, we're going to deal with Hagar from Galatians and we're going to deal with circumcision from Galatians. And it'll take us days to do that, but it'll be a worthwhile turn. It'll land us in Galatians for a little while and that's always fun. And, and so we'll make these connections, but the, the connection I want to make before we jump out, and we'll probably spend a couple more days here in Genesis before we jump out, but is the fact that there's a 13 year gap and we're, there's two things I, I think are worth talking about. Number one, you're living, you're in an old covenant environment where according to Hebrews chapter one, God in various times and in different manners or sundry times in various manners, old King James speech, Hebrews 1.1, 1, 1, spoken to us in time past through the prophets, hath now in these last days spoken unto us by his son, which means that in the Old Testament, God spoke from time to time and through the voice of the prophets, which means God did not speak constantly and he did not speak to everyone. One of the great differences in the new covenant reality is that God isn't going through stretches of silence and he doesn't have preferential mouthpieces. He has now spoken unto us by his son, which means that what God says, he says through Jesus. And as long as you are having a revelation of Jesus, you are hearing a fresh word from God. So there are no 13 year gaps for the new covenant believer between hearing from God. All you have to do if you want to hear from God is look to Jesus, listen to Jesus. That, uh, the other thing worth bringing out there, I think, is this. There does seem to be, because of the intentionality of telling you that he's 86 and then that he's 99, there seems to be this intentional gap that follows the whole Hagar incident that to me, read between the lines, is sort of the narrator narrator telling you, go in unto Hagar and try to help covenant and you'll go through long stretches of chaos. There's this 13-year gap where he doesn't really have anything fresh. And it's, it's as if you're bringing... Ishmael up into manhood. This is right about the time that from this point on, Jewish males will be, will enter their bar mitzvah. Hagar or Ishmael is going to be circumcised in chapter 17. And there's this responsibility that Abram has to take in raising him. He doesn't hear anything fresh from God until he has brought him up to the state of maturity. And again, it's not to say that God isn't speaking to us in the midst of our issues, but it does, what, what, what lesson might we take across time? And it could be this, that what the decisions that you make, there are natural repercussions, what I heard one theologian call passive wrath. And passive wrath could be viewed as the things you do that bring upon you issues and you must go through the issues and God doesn't stop it. And if you learn from it, then you could look at it as the passive wrath of God. By the way, I've spent too much time avoiding the word wrath because I I came at it through the lens of wrath equals 
irrationally mad. And I don't think that's ever the biblical idea of wrath. Um, it's more for discipline. It's more for purification than it is for punitive damages. But think about that gap, the fact that you don't have that gap, that God is speaking to you through Jesus. But also, there might be issues in your life that you've encountered, things you've done, and you're still dealing with the consequences. Even if it feels like the consequences drag out, a sort of a metaphoric 13 years, God is still there, still watching. The moment that you're looking for is around the corner. All right, we go a little deeper as we get into the week. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless.